KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week on the podcast, one of my incredible and beautiful, lovely, uh, inspiring Favorite people I know, actually, and I, I say that in all seriousness. Uh, seriousness, apologies. Tony Lodge uh, from the Tony and Ryan podcast. She's bloody blasted into stardom, and you'd think it'd be an overnight success, but it's definitely not. There was a lot of a lot of hard yards done in the background, and I absolutely love this story. Um, that's for sure. We had her co-host on the show, Ryan, done on um, maybe a month ago now too, and, and now getting Tony on has been awesome. They've got such uh, different stories, but also come together to make a, such a special podcast in Tony and Ryan. She is uh, one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, but again, has a really, really cool story. She's actually got a new book out too as well called I Don't Need Therapy and the Other Lies I've Told Myself. And yeah, it's really cool. We talked a little bit about that, a little bit about her road from working in radio and how she got her start uh, in radio to finally get her own podcast in the Tony and Ryan show, which is now a Spotify original and one of the biggest in Australia and also in the US. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of an underdog story of, of never really being able to get to where she wanted to and finally just by putting in so much hard work getting to the position she is now. So a lot of learnings from this one. I absolutely love the chat and can't wait for you to hear it. It's, it's awesome. If you love the show and, and love this episode, make sure you check out all Tony and Ryan stuff as well. I'm sure you already know of it, but if you don't, check out Tony and Ryan podcast, check out their YouTube and also check out Tony's socials. Um, they're absolutely dominating, as I said, and got some great content out there and we love Love working with them, so uh, check this one out, IllyXX. Hi fam, it's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub. This is, you know, going well, Ryan. Oh, it's special. Get comfortable, uncomfortable. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Came in a sheet of paper with six names and said, Sheet, we've got to cut these six blokes. Wow, shut up. I've just been barbed by Stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at him. You saved my life. You saved my life. You saved my life. Thank you. Thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. That's weird because you're a Richmond supporter. I am. <laughs> We've started this, by the way. We've got this <laughs> you're a massive Richmond supporter. <laughs> you're on the footy podcast. Yeah, lads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, go to the Tigers. We do, don't we? When we love we're the Tigers. behind, we'll never mind. We'll fight and fight and we know we're from Tigerland. The Tigers, <laughs> yellow and black. <laughs> See? I get it. You do love the Tigers. Hey, Tony, thanks for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me. It's so exciting um, to... You're making, you're making me feel weird what? about being here. I don't know. We Is live that, together. We do. But context, we're friends. Yeah. Oh, thanks. We're super friends. Well, we, that's the name of the pod, isn't it? Dylan friends, but yeah. we are friends. We work in the same building together as well. Yeah, we do. We share an office. We do. So I thought it'd be good to say, what's our first, what was your first impression of me? And I'll say my first impression of you. Oh, I was so pleasantly surprised. Because, right, so Ryan, who I make a podcast yes, with. Yes, Tony so, and Ryan, yes. So he and I, we share the office with you and yep. our producer, Cam. Yes. 
And when he kind of said, we're going to be working with all these footy boys, I was actually really nervous because I was like a chubby girl, you know, and I was like, oh, are all the footy boys going to be nasty to me because I'm not like a hot babe? (laughs) Do you know what I I I, mean, though? No, and that's probably not fair to like tar everyone with the same brush, but I was like, oh, are they going to be nasty to me or are they just like not going to talk to me? And then so when we met, I was like so relieved that you're actually a really great guy who I genuinely enjoy spending time. I'm with like not just because we work together. You know? I know. I love coming to work when you guys are here. Aww. It is very exciting, and we will get into a bit of um. You got some real dark humour, mm. don't you? Yeah, I do. Wait, did you always have that? Um, oh, actually, sorry, I've got to say compliment back. By oh, the way. oh yeah, 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 yeah. What was your first impression? I, I loved. I loved. Well, I I didn't really have a first impression because when Sam came in, he's like, oh, you know, Tony Ryan podcast, and I was like, who are they? Um, no, you weren't. Then you I, were, oh my god, I'm such a big fan. I'll have to take the posters off my bedroom. Whoa. Then I did realise how incredible you guys were and how big your show was, mm. which is genuinely. Incredible. You know, I know you're extremely proud of it and Thank I know you. how incredible your audience is. We spoke to Ryan a few weeks ago, more over a month ago now, but yeah, it's been pretty cool what you guys have been able to build together. And I know there's a massive backstory to that, which we'll, we'll uncover today because I think I love what we've been able to do on this show because mm. it's like the little guy, you know, because- The underdog the kind underdog, of thing. That's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. But in a way, and I'm saying this in even more, this is a compliment, hopefully it sounds like it, but <laughs> you guys are even more of that story because oh, you didn't totally. have a- like, you know, I was really lucky to have the football and that mm. as a part of it. But you guys have really come from just hustling, working, putting in that stuff. And people love to resonate with that because you're so yeah. you're so reachable. You're so uh, accessible. You're so like people mm. can go, fuck, I, if, if these guys can do it, I can do it as well. Yeah, Which like it would be incredible me. for you to, to know that, is it? For sure. Yeah. And there's so many, we like have this thing in our podcast and I said it once and it kind of really took off and it's start the fucking blog. Yeah, I love it. And um, that's been one of the things that people go, oh, watching your guys' success is one of those things that I really, it makes me realise that if I actually just work at it, it can happen, Mm. Um, which not only did I not believe that about myself, but to know now that I'm inspiring other people to, like, give something a shot is insane. Mm. But you'd be the same. There'd be so many people that would look at you and go, like, oh, not only is footy, like, a great career and probably something that most boys in Australia dream of, Mm. but also that there's, like, life after that. Like, you've created something so amazing that people go, oh, it's not just, you know, one and done. Like there's something, there's more to life than after that than just. There's a, there's also the flip side of the coin too, though, where you go, wow, am I that shit that people think that they can do what I do as well? <laughs> but you go, oh, well, it's a bit harder than it seems. Yeah, no, I a, make it look I, easy. I know people yeah. say, hey, you've inspired me. Yeah, no, it's yeah, you know, I mean, it's not it's everyone a bit can do this. Than that. Yeah. Not, everyone, not everyone can do this. <laughs> That's it's a good really, point, actually. Yeah. Really, a bit tougher than that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it takes a lot, yeah. you know, to, to do this. So don't don't get your hopes up, yeah. everyone. Yeah, you know, like know try, inspired but, you. you know, don't count your chickens before they hatch. <laughs> um, hey, you threw up in someone's mouth. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Talk me through this. So I was probably in, I think I was in year 11. It's a good age to do it. Yeah, it is. Because no one bullies anyone at that age. No, yeah. So it's like a really like easy time to be alive. Really acceptable. Um, And it was at a, a friend of mine, Zoe, had friends that like went to another school, which is like... That's a big thing when you're in high school and um, we we got tarted up and I was wearing this like black strapless like mini dress. They were, they were cool at the time. Um, and <laughs> and um, I was like, I'm walking out of this party 
like smooching someone. Yeah. Like there's just no way I'm going to walk out of here without a boyfriend. And I like we're in the party. I begged my mum or convinced my mum to buy us some Coronas. A You're six a Corona pack. girl. I just, I don't, I have what no idea where that came from. What the like the red know. bears or? I think maybe I thought it would make me look a bit more edgy because yeah. it wasn't just like lolly water. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, nah, I did that in year nine. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Coronas That was now. last year. Yeah. That was very year 10. And we had a six pack and Zoe had three. I had three. And then um, we obviously like found other alcohol like at the party mm. or whatever. Mm. And I'm a lightweight even. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not really into it. And um, and I just got absolutely wasted. And this boy came in. I thought he was really cute. Um, he had like a bag of Maccas. And, um, and I was like, oh, can I have a chip? And I thought that that was just like so sexy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, can I have a chip? And he was like, <laughs> yeah. And he like handed me one. Or, or like, you didn't even get to choose. And no. so Or maybe he had the like red cardboard like thing and kind of gestured it to me. And I took one and I was like, mmm, yum. And then um, he put chips in his mouth and I was like, can I have another one? And then I went to eat the chip out of his mouth, oh, which is oh, repulsive, oh. like so repulsive. And then I threw up because I obviously had like a tummy full of Corona a beer and one chip like floating in a sea of like fizzy beer, right? And then <laughs> and then I threw up into his mouth and Were you kissing at, the, at that well, time? Or was I it more like we getting were, the chip? But it was probably more of like a baby bird thing. Like you know how the bird like the mum vomits in the mouth. Okay. You know? What do you say? I honestly don't remember. Because yeah, I think you that I, out from that, don't well, you? Well I just so. threw up and then I obviously was you know when you're throwing up and you like everything, you know, time stands still. Yes. And I feel it's like quite romantic. Next, <laughs> next thing I remember is literally that yeah. I'm inside throwing up and my mum came and picked me Did up. Did you ever hear back from him or well, like what happened? So <laughs> I was like, I obviously need to apologise to this okay. guy. I found him and this is just the most like 20, the noughties, is that what it is? Like yeah, 2008 yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. This is the most noughties thing ever. I found him on MySpace. Oh, I love that. And then I had to comment on his wall. Publicly. And, yep. And be like, hey, like, so, so. Oh, and you, because back then you had to add people first. So I added him on MySpace <sighs> and hoped that he would accept. And then I commented publicly and was like, hey, mate, I'm really sorry about last night. Ha <laughs> And then. I, I think he commented back and was like, that's okay, but obviously it was fucked. Yeah. Like it was obvious that's fucked. It's pretty bad. Yeah. So you never saw him again, basically. So, no, I haven't seen him again. Yeah. I actually think he's gay now uh, and that, that might be my fault. <laughs> you reckon that turned him? Yeah. yeah okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, that could have happened. I have a little, just because that brought back some. No, I was going to say, do you have a disgusting story? Oh, and it's with my current day wife as well. So Jazzy, poor Jazz. I don't know how she stayed with me. But when we first do, I met, oh, I don't know. Oh, if I'm you won't be able to look at her the same. How after old years. were you when you met? We were like, she was in year twelve and I was in year eleven, so she was my sugar mama. She yeah. older. Can you imagine? Did she buy you stuff from the canteen and stuff? Well, she used to pick me like up that? from school. So I know in your. Were in, you at the same school? No, different schools oh, as well. How'd you meet then? Through friends. Oh. Yeah. But I know we'll get to your book in a minute and we'll talk about how, oh, yeah, how popular I'm, you were in school. Oh, but I was sort of like. Rude. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> That's fucking nasty. That's actually nasty. I hated it. 
<laughs> I just wanted to set the scene of like what you were like in school versus me. I was like the cool one. Yeah, yeah. I was. Okay, could you imagine yeah. me rocking up like my girlfriend picking me up when I'm in year 11, she's in year 12? That's I peaked. Hot. I peaked. That, that like, is a really hot For me, yeah. it's gone downhill since then. Yeah, and what it, did she have what, like a Hyundai XL or something? It was back in the day of like there wasn't the Suzuki Swift back no. then. It was the, the um, Hyundai Ford XL Focus. was kind of Ford the, Focus yeah, as well. Yeah. So. Ford Focus, that's a hot girl car. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah what yeah. colour? Blue. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, light blue too. The light blue, the metallic yeah, light blue. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. So we were going all right. Yeah, back that's room. all right. Yeah, yeah, so you could tell the the love was off to a start. Anyway, oh, yeah. it did hit a bit of a roadblock though when it was our sort of first night hooking up. So this it, is like the night you met, or uh, we'd known each other for a while, but you weren't boyfriend we girlfriend weren't boyfriend yet. Group, no. So did you have a heart next to her name in your MSN Stuff name? Like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was yeah, there, nice. but there was a bit of to and froing, which is a story for another time. But anyway, went to this party, and I used to get really, I was a nervous kid but I, I let the charisma come out you know on top of it mm. but one thing that used to I happen yeah one thing that used to happen to me a lot was yeah I'd get nervous and at, at this party it was a night party there was a big fire going yeah and I was one of those kids like yeah I'd get headaches you know everything like that I'd always just get there'd be something affecting me so that night you know that's had a, few a real beers. that's lame yeah it was lame as but yeah. I was a cool kid so that <laughs> night we're so drinking. were you real popular no I was really popular yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that night we were drinking about the time to go and have a smooch. And as I said, it's really hot because there's a fire going yeah. as well. So we go into this like pitch black room having a kiss. And I forgot to mention earlier, but when it gets really hot, I was susceptible to a blood nose. So I would often get like really bad blood noses. So we're kissing, uh, doing some, you know, passionate kissing to my, to my <laughs> wife, that, you know, is now my wife. And I want you to know the story ended up okay, but when we turned the lights on all of about 30 seconds later, it yeah. was a crime scene. Yeah. Like she was covered yeah. in and blood. And probably on her, on her boobies no, as well. No, 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 not that low. No, but it oh, was okay. it was just the mouth okay. area covered from head to chin Why in my blood. Why were you kissing her on her head? Oh, we were getting, it was getting sloppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you yeah. doing? She looked like she had like literally head butted and broken her whole face of just my <gasps> blood on her. And this is like barely knowing her at the time as well. <laughs> So the, the ice is broken pretty quickly. Oh. Do you think differently of her? No, not of her. <laughs> I'm thinking pretty differently about you, I you know. doggy little kid that I got know. headaches and blood noses. I know. I, after that I went back straight into, it must have been the time actually when I was at school and I got my nose cauterized, like cauterized oh, because I used to yeah. get big blood nose at the worst times. Well, anyway, that wouldn't have been great. Enough about me. Hey, let's talk about you. As we said, there's a lot to get through today. Oh, okay. There's a lot to get through. How, how long do we, do we on like a oh, time no, limit? No, or? There's no time limit. Oh, great. No time limit at all. But um, congrats. Thank you. Really cool. Thank you. Yeah. It's a book. I did write a book. Yeah, it's yeah. called I Don't Need Therapy. And then it says, and other lies I've told myself. Mm. So assuming from that, you did need therapy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the, I mean, that is obviously the- Is that the joke? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for when you me. when you said what the name was of the book yeah. was. I'm like, you're leaving the punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got the punchline. Yeah. Tell um, me about the book. What? What? How did it start? What's? What, yeah. So Alan and Unwin, who I published the book through, they approached my manager, and I and they were like, "Would Tony be interested in writing a book?" And I was like, "I've never really thought about it because it's like a weird thing. I don't think don't think I'd ever really considered myself or thought about writing a book." But I've always really enjoyed writing, like mm. I as a as a kid and at school and stuff. And um, then obviously, spoiler if you haven't read the book yet. But when my mum passed away, I like wrote a lot about that because I found it really cathartic and it was a really nice way to kind of remember her. And when they asked me if I'd be interested in writing a book, I was like, "What a flex on my siblings!" Like if I'm an author, that's it's, pretty cool. And you always go on someone's Instagram and you see author, you yeah. go, "You're okay. better than anyone." Yeah. 
Yeah. It's so much better than anyone. A hundred percent. And not to say that I wrote a whole book just to get it up my siblings, but no, and I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, don't really know what I would write because I'm only 29. I can't write a memoir. Um, and then I kind of came up with this like collection of essays and things that I want to share and um, having lost my mum really young, so I was only 19 when she died, I feel like I just had a really different perspective on things to what maybe other people do and there was just a lot of things about my mum that I wanted to share. And then when I um, came up with the idea of how I wanted the book to look, um, so basically it's like, yeah, a collection of essays, they're not in time order, it Mm. like jumps around and each book is each chapter is like based on a lie so there's something in there like I'm okay and you know you're gonna be okay and I would never steal butter from the staff room fridge like just stupid things like that um and then heavier stuff obviously and that's kind of how the book was like born Mm. but it was it's a really weird thing to think about actually putting because I was writing this book and it was obviously really personal and I was writing it into my computer and no one was reading it So it's like the longest feedback loop ever. You know when you are recording a podcast, it goes out the next day or whatever and then you hear back from people instantly or if you put something on Instagram, people start liking it straight away and you go, great, I've I've done a good job Mm. here. But I started writing this and then a year later is when people started to look at it. And that was really hard because I, like everybody, have like imposter syndrome. So I'm so anxious about having written this really personal thing, but then just it being in the world, but not knowing how people felt about it, not really knowing how I felt about it because it was mine. So of course you're your own worst critic. I'm thinking about all this stuff that I've written. I'm like, oh, was that too much? Or, you know, would people think about me differently because of X, Y, Z, or that was really vulnerable or whatever. So it's a, it was a really weird process, but I actually really enjoyed it. But it's like before when you were like, oh, like I've been reading the book and I was like, that's That's weird. It's weird because you're reading my diary. It's almost like you, you know, when someone's got your phone, you're looking through photos. Yeah. Oh, actually. And you did it. Yeah, yeah, and it's not because anything's that bad, but you just go, oh, am I ready for people to know that yeah. or see that? And so there's all these things that I just thought, I share my life on a podcast every day. How bad could it be? And then I was like, well, these aren't just me making a joke. This is like really personal moments. Yeah. And I talk about, you know, when I, when I found out that my mum had cancer and all those kinds of things that I never thought that I would share, which is... It's amazing and I'm really proud of it, but also it's it's it doesn't feel like it's me. Yeah. Has it been somewhat as well self-healing? Like is it is there a per, is there a, is there a selfishness to writing a book that it actually is you putting things in paper and then you go, "Oh fuck, I'm okay with that now." Mm. Like I'm ready to like put that out. I found it I mean? really therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. And I think when I first started writing it, I was like oh, I hope it sells really well, hope people really like it, hope that whatever. And then once I'd finished writing it, I was like, actually, I'm just really proud of that. That's enough for me. Obviously, like, it did sell well and I'm really grateful for that and whatever, but I don't think that I've ever had something in my life where I've been like, I'm actually just really proud of that and no matter how it goes, I'm just so... I think it's so cool that I wrote this thing. You got your own book. It's not many people can say that. Now, one thing I've always wondered with a book, mm. you got some some really nice. What do you call these on the front? L- like an endorsement. Endorsements. Yeah. So you've got Zara and Michelle from Shameless Podcast. You've yep. got Chrissy Swan, who's 
Chrissy's right. Yeah. Um, Ryan John, co-host, mm-hmm. and you've got Sarah Davidson of uh, Caesar Yay podcast. Yeah. How do you get? Do you have to ask them personally? Yeah. Did you message them and say, I "Hey, did. did you? Like, what and is that? Because I've always seen it and been like, "How does this work?" It's really awkward because you can't pay for someone for an endorsement. So you are. I literally. Will you endorse? I me? was like, "Will you read the book for free?" Wow. And send me a quote, which is you know, reading a book takes a long time. Yeah. People are busy. You know, they don't want to just read some, you know, someone's book. So I just had to reach out to these people who, and it was kind of like some of them I, you know, followed on Instagram or they followed me on Instagram, whatever, but I was like, we've never really spoken. I'm kind of, it was, I had to really put myself out of my comfort zone to like ask people because it's a favour yeah, pretty much. And and everybody that I asked was flattered. Yeah, it's nice. And well, it's great I, for them too. But like, I wasn't be expecting. I thought I'd be like, oh, a bit of a chore. No, not at all. Going back, so people are listening to this now. Say that out of the minority, there'll be a small bunch of people that might not have heard of Tony Lodge before. Okay, ninety percent. Yes, I think it's probably higher than that. Oh, it's just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's probably higher than that. Yeah. On this podcast mainly. but No, just in general. No, no, yeah. would say would say high. As, as I said, you've done some incredible, incredible work. You said mentioned that you're 29 years of age, right? Mm. When do you think... You're already 30, aren't you? I am. Yeah. When do you think, how long ago was it that this was never even in the picture for you? Two years ago. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's how quickly life changed. Yeah. Talk me through that moment of like changing because you... Actually, I think what we can maybe, if you're happy to go to, and I'd love to talk about the death of your mum. Mm-hmm your mum passing, yep. to then show what that changed in the timeline mm-hmm. of your life. What what happened? How did you find out? And what did that change for you? So I was 18. I'd just turned 18. And um, my mum was like um, super fit. She went to the gym and did PT every morning. Uh, she'd wake up at 5 a.m. She'd go to the gym. She'd do PT for an hour. Um, she'd like have a shower, do her hair and everything at the gym. Then she'd go to work. She'd work all day. She'd come home. She'd make us dinner. She'd do all that stuff. We'd go out and do fun things on the weekend. Like she was super healthy, super fit, just like always going out, always doing stuff. And um, all of a sudden she got like a bit wobbly on her feet. And we were like, oh, that's like not really you. And um, her GP was like, you're obviously really stressed. You need to take a bit of time off. And then a week later they were like, she just got really weak in one side of her body. Mm. They were like, okay, we think you've had a stroke. And which was shocking because she was so healthy and like she wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, she's doing everything right, which is the scariest thing. Because when you think about someone getting cancer, you go, oh, well, if you had lung cancer, it's probably because you smoked your whole life, you know, or whatever. And, like, she she was doing everything right. Like, she just didn't deserve anything to go wrong for her. And then... She, yeah, she got really weak. They thought she'd had a stroke and she took, they took, we took her to the hospital and um, we were all standing around and, um, and she goes, oh, I I haven't had a stroke. And I was like, oh my God, great. Like, you're fine. Mm. And she was like, but I have a brain tumour. And I was 18 and all I was worried about was like having a job at Coles and going to uni. And that was all I, you know, knew. That was like my whole life was just working and going to uni and saving up money to go out and drink on the weekend and whatever. And then that just like changed everything because all of a sudden it wasn't saving money for that. It was saving money for fuel so I could visit mum at the hospital mm. and saving money to pay for parking at the hospital and balancing, working at Coles, working at uni, doing uni stuff and also trying to, like, when she wasn't in the hospital, we had to care for her at home. Um, she got really sick really, really fast and um, immediately started chemo and radiation. Um, and it was just really awful. 
like, I don't really, there's probably not really a, a better way to put it than it was just awful. And, I mean, everyone loves their mum. I mean, even families that, you know, are a bit fractured or, you know, you don't have to best, the best relationship. I think there's always like some amount of like understanding. But mum was like my best mate and so that was just really hard. I'm the youngest of four siblings as well. Um, my So my siblings are like 10, 12 and 13 years older than me. Mm. Um, so I'm the youngest by a way and I was still at uni but they were all like married and had kids. They had their own lives but I still lived at home like my mum was, that was just everything. And so when that changed, when she got sick, she was only sick for 11 months before she passed away. So it was quite quick. Then I turned 19 and I was like, well, I'm little. Like, it's not even about like, oh, I'm, I'm still young. It's like, so I was, young. I was little, like I was still a kid and I didn't know how to deal with that. None of my friends at the time knew how to deal with that. So that was really hard because I didn't have a lot of personal support outside of my family because no one understand like no one has any emotional intelligence at that age. I barely did. So expecting people that were my mates to understand that or to know even how to respond or what to say, of like of course they couldn't do that. Mm. They couldn't really be there for me. I didn't know what I needed from them. I just felt angry and upset and confused um, so I ended up leaving uni um, and just to try and figure out what I wanted to do, whether I even wanted to keep going to uni or it was just it was just the weirdest thing. And I think because all my family was grieving and taking it so hard, I think that I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be the one that's not doing, not like, you know, I'm going to be there for everybody else. And then so it was also like suppressing all of that grief and all of those feelings that I hadn't processed pushed all of that down and I was like, all right, well, I just need to be fine. I have to be fine because there's no other way. I don't have anybody to lean on. Um, and then so I went back to uni and I was like, yep, okay, cool, all good, this is fine. Mm. Um, and then I ended up finishing uni, I got a job and when I moved, just before I moved away for my first job, I um, like got really sick because I just hadn't dealt with anything and I think yeah it's just that same thing like you just don't know what to do yeah. it's such a weird situation to find yourself in because there's no handbook to deal with what happens when someone dies or even like being young you turn to your rely on your parents and your family a lot for advice and all of a sudden the person who was giving me all my advice was gone and so I was like am I making the right choices and that kind of thing oh yeah I honestly can't imagine how tough and difficult that would have been mm. I listened to a podcast a while ago and it was with Jimmy Carr mm -hmm. and uh, the diary CEO with Stephen yep. and someone. Bartlett. Yeah, Bartlett, that's it. And he was speaking about comedians and they often say to each other, and you're an incredibly humorous person, okay? You use your humour, you're incredibly infectious with your love and all this sort of thing you do. Thank you. And a lot of the questions I ask people that are very humorous is they say, what happened in your childhood that made you mm. deal with things in humour? Yeah. Um, I don't mean that in a triggering way at all. I mean, do you think that by For this sure. happening, that made you then like try and, you know, you make jokes to make people feel comfortable and mm -hmm. you try and bring your family and your brothers and things together. Like I know for a fact that that's, uh, once I heard that, I thought, fuck, that was the same thing that I used to maybe try and do when things weren't going well at home. You try and make your mum and sister laugh or your dad, yeah. you know, to try and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Was that a part of it or was yeah. it? Yeah. I think, 
I think as Australians as well, we automatically go into like self-deprecating humour. That's like a very Australian yeah. thing. I was actually watching, um, you know, Celia Pacola, the stand-up. Um, mm. She's in like Rose Haven and um, she's about to host the new seasons of Thank God You're Here. Wow. Anyway, she's this great stand-up. I was watching one of her old specials and she said there's this crazy thing as Australians where, um, where anywhere else people would go, oh, great job on XYZ, and they go, thank you. In Australia, they go, great job on XYZ, and you go, no, nah, it was fucked. <laughs> oh, no, nah, that was shit. <laughs> oh, no, nah, I did a bad job at that. Like instantly you reject people giving that to you, and that's always been my brand of humour was like self-deprecating. And like growing up pretty chubby, not that popular, I think it was like if I make fun of myself first, I get to do it before anybody you else disarm does. disarm yourself. And it's, yeah. it's, it's like uh, we, we speak about this one a bit, but the biggest lesson for me in that, and that's with my failures too of being, you know, not making it in footy and all these sorts of things, it's almost like by disarming yourself straight away, you people can't bag you. Yeah. The people can't bully you. It's, have you seen Eminem, 8 Mile? I haven't, but I... Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. That sorry. ruins the whole analogy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't use it. I can't use it. Well, you've got to lose yourself in the music. Yeah, the moment you know it, you yeah. know, and never let it go. You only get one shot. Yeah, Do that, not yeah, miss exactly. your chance to blow. Oh, well, this opportunity well, comes well, once so in a lifetime. Yeah, so that's yeah. basically it. You've yeah. nailed it. Um, the analogy Mom's there was spaghetti. Thanks for bringing that up. She's dead. I'd love to eat her spaghetti. I'd give anything. Thanks for that. <laughs> You do this to me every day, by the way. People out there, it doesn't get any easier to come back at that one. Um, so I'll just cop that on the chin. Now. But don't you think that automatically you do that self-deprecating you do, thing? You do. You do. And you do it. And that's yeah. what. And I still do. And I did that as a kid and I do that now. And so it was like also making jokes like that, especially about mum, is like when you say to me like, oh, I was chatting to mum the other day, that's like so natural because you were chatting to mum yeah. the other day. I never have, like, a random excuse to bring it up without yeah. people either being like, oh, she's talking about a fucking dead mom again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or without feeling uncomfortable. And it was like, it's like now a knee-jerk thing of like, I want to talk about her too. Yeah. You have, like, excuses to talk about your mum all the time because you just chatted to her or she's coming in today or whatever. But I never have that, like, real-life reason to bring her up. And so making a joke about it is kind of like, oh, I want to share this thing that she either would have found funny or whatever. I feel like it's like just a nice way to remind myself that like, you know? Yeah. What's your favourite memory of your mum? I ha Oh, there's so many and this is a bit cliche but I think just the way that she loved us, like she just did anything for us. I remember sitting on the couch one night and it was like 8 or 9 p.m. and we'd obviously eaten dinner and whatever and I was like, oh, mum, you know what I really feel like? She's like, what? And I was like, I really feel like potato bake. And she was like, oh, let me see if I've got, I reckon I could whip that up mm. for you. Like we'd already had dinner. She was like, oh, I could go for some, yeah, let's do it. And she made this potato bag. It would have been 9 o'clock and we would have been sitting there mm. watching TV and she made this potato bag. And I remember thinking no one is ever going to love me that much. Yeah, man, there's, you can't get a mum's love. I, like I'm, we chat about this a lot in the studio about, yeah. you know, mums and stuff and I always say, how much I love my mum yep. as well. But I, I'm i really excited about, you know, one thing I'm really excited about becoming a dad is like seeing how much the kid's going to love like Jaws. Yeah. And just like you can't, I love my dad, but like there's just something about like a mum. There's something about a mum. You just yeah, can't. 100%. You can't buy. Like I tell you what my mum does on the weekends. Like she's that selfless that she, someone says to her, do you want to make plans? 
she's like, oh, I've got to go see what Dylan and, Jazz, uh, Dylan and Jess are doing just in case they need me for something. She doesn't make any plans. Oh, that's what she does. That's it's just, really it's unbelievable. Nice. Like she's just a star. Um, so, yeah, I think anyone out there listening, this is, might be a good chance to call your mum. Yeah. And I mean, it, like, even not your mum or, like, whether it's your dad or your sister yes. or an aunt, you know, your grandma, whoever it is, I think that when people think about that mum person for them, because yeah. it might not be your mum, but everyone's got that person that you instantly think of when you think of that relationship. And I just, I don't think I realised how important, like, all of the relationships I have in my life are yeah. and what different roles they play, like people that influence me and people that push me, people that, you know, are just fun. Um, but, like, all the different roles that people have in your life, I don't think I understood the importance so of those. Important. Yeah. I think the ones that we often ignore the most are the ones that we don't often love. You don't think of them, you know, there's people you like, but then there's people you respect mm. and you can have role models. Yeah. And role models don't always have to be positive ones. Like you can have role models that are, are from what not to do. Exactly. And that's been like big role models in my life as well. Of mm -hmm. like being, I love this about this person, don't love it about this, but mm -hmm. I love these bits and pieces about it. So I think yeah. that's another part about um, reflection and reading your book. I was like, yeah, I can resonate with that. Like there's, it doesn't always have to be positive experiences that you learn from, which a lot totally. of them are, unfortunately. Yeah. Take us back then, okay? So after the fact of the incident, you're a bit lost. You're looking about dropping out of uni. Mm -hmm. You fast forward a long time down the road now at 29. Mm. Reverse back. How did you get to where you are now? KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide live with no ad break during play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play. Exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Jeez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy. Available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. So after I went back to uni, I ended up getting a full-time job in radio. Yep. And I moved, in so Perth? I grew up in Perth, um, but the job was in Bunbury, which is about an hour and a half out of Perth. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm packing my stuff up. And I just moved in with my boyfriend, Torbs. Torbsy. Um, is this the job? By the way, just at uni, were you studying? Yeah, so right? I was studying sound engineering yeah, right. and like audio production. Um, with, the, with the dream and maybe back then, I don't know if you were confident in saying the dream but was a dream to be on radio? No. Nah. Really? You nah. just want to be behind the scenes? Yeah. I really wanted to own my own record label and have like a recording studio. Wow. That's That was like my thing that it's I wanted to do. very Dr. Dre of you. It is, isn't it? I love 8 Mile, the yeah. film. Have you seen <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, um, it's wonderful, isn't it? Anyway, and so I moved into radio kind of by accident and I was making the ads. I was like a commercial producer. Wow. So I wasn't even, I wasn't close to a microphone. And the, everyone was like, you're really funny. You should be on the air. And I was like, oh, I, okay. <laughs> don't. No, don't say that to me. Hello. Like, no. Um, and I was, I always knew I was funny or as, you know, always knew I was charismatic, a bit of, good at that stuff, yeah. but never thought that would be a job. And because I was, I was growing up, I always wanted to be a singer. That was like my thing. Didn't know that. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, have you read the book? What happened um, with the singing? Just didn't have the vocals. Didn't get into Whopper when I auditioned, Sorry. unfortunately. Then I got into Whopper first sound engineering. That's why I was like, all right, I'm destined to be behind the scenes. That's kind of how it happened. Yeah, you're like a uh, roadie. Well, yeah, yeah, the sound guy, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so I ended up moving into radio and they were like, you're really funny. And instantly I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be Hamish and Andy. As we all dream do. Big. <laughs> Everyone thinks that, right? Yeah. Everyone thinks that. And um, and I started the very first thing I ever did on air was, um, hey, it's Tony with the Hit Squad. Um, I've got cans of Coke down at the Oval. Um, come on down. Like I'll be here for the next 10 minutes, you know, doing the live crosses where people would come and get chocolate milk and cans of Coke and so stickers ra- and stuff. the radio team, when, like that's sort of the way in, they promote yeah. that that's the way in. Yeah. How many people from that actual in, make it onto radio? Because I have a feeling it's just a, a promo team that is never going to sort of eventuate. Well, or is it true or no? Am I... I think it is kind of, it's probably the easiest job to get in a radio station. Okay. And I think it's one of those, like, it's not what you know, but who you yeah. know kind it's of thing. It's hard things. to stand out in those teams. It is. And because is everybody's like bigger, like larger big than personalities. like big personality. Just yeah. to give context to um, listening to that, you know, uh, what, what are they called? Like Black Thunder. Black Thunder. They used to be called in Melbourne, Hit Squad. Yeah, so they drive um, around. The Casanovas. Capano- for no- yeah. yeah, so it's like a radio team. They go and do all the promotions. And, and they're and in the car and they give the stickers they've out got and stuff. such high energy, which is awesome. Mm. And they're basically going around to try and get, uh, you know, to one day be on radio themselves. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Which is great. And um, so I was already doing like the ad, like commercial producer job that I got hired for, but I started doing that before work. So I would go out and do the hit squad stuff at, you know, 7am and then go and start my job at 8.30. Anyway, so I started doing that and I was like, oh, this is really fun. And then uh, a year and a bit later, I ended up getting a job in Sydney um, as an audio producer on a night show, which I hated so much. I hated it so much. Uh, the show or the time or The Sydney, time. Yeah. Working nights was really difficult and I would call my brother every night and bawl my eyes out and be like, I want to quit. And he'd be like, well, you're allowed to. Like you don't have to stay there. You can come home. You can live with us. Like he, you know, uh, but I'd cry every single night and be like, I don't want to stay here. Um, and we only ended up being there for six months before I ended up getting the job I really wanted, which was down in Melbourne. Um, but my boyfriend, Torbs, he moved with me everywhere. What a boy. Um, he's a great guy. And I think when I moved to Sydney, I kind of kissed the idea of ever being on air goodbye because I was like, oh, you know, in regional radio, it's lower stakes. But, you know, they're never going to put me on air in Sydney. The, the number one station was where I was working. Mm. Um, like, all right. That's over, but, you know, like I'm doing audio and that's fine. And then when I moved down to Melbourne, I was working on a breakfast show called Jason PJ and they asked me to go out and uh, record a stunt for them Um, and I had to like run through the airport and it was really silly and I nailed it. Mm. There's not a lot of things in life where I go, I fucking did a great job there, but that was one thing that I look at and I go, I smashed that out of the park. And then from then I started doing all of their stunts. So whenever they were on the, <laughs> the stunt the stunt double. Pretty much. Yeah. So whenever they were in the studio and they were like, oh, um, Woolworths have got brought a new cake out. 
um, Tony, can you go down there and, and find one and try oh it? God. And so I'd be in the Woolworths like shoving cake in my mouth <laughs> and, you know, just all this like super stupid stuff. And I was doing that on top of my actual full-time job. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, I'm good at this. And I didn't think I'd ever have an opportunity to do that. And I was probably 25 at the time. Wow. Mm. What did do you think now, like seeing people – maybe in that space because something we get asked a lot is like, you know, how do you get into uh, media? And mm-hmm. it's such a place. It's so yeah. hard to get into media. Totally. Um, and it's a lot of it's to do with timing and opportunity and all that and just hanging yeah. on. Right place, right time Right place, kind right of thing. time. Mm-hmm. What would you give advice to someone in that position that you saw in that space? Because there would have been so many people around you that maybe just then went, oh, this isn't going to work. I'll drop off. I'll drop off. Yeah. And you just stayed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what would I say to them? I think – I'd probably let go of the idea that someone's going to tap you on the shoulder and offer it to you because mm. that's what I kept where I was like, oh, I'm really funny, I'm really loud, someone will notice and they'll give me a job. I'll keep doing this little uh, stunt thing and someone then I'll get my own show. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think it's probably a bit of a misconception that you have to wait for someone to give it to you, especially these days where, you know, you can make Instagram, TikTok, podcasting is free to do, you know, there is such a low barrier to entry to create things. And I was just waiting and I was like, oh, when when they're ready, they'll come and tap me on the shoulder. And then, you know, people that were on air would came and went and I went, oh, oh not this time. Maybe I'll get the next one. Then someone else had quit and I go, oh, oh, maybe get the next mm-hmm. one. And I was just waiting around for someone to give me a shot. And it just didn't happen until um, I met Ryan. What clicked then? What was the point where you were like, fuck this, I'm going to go start uh you know, TikTok, Instagram, start this Tony and Rod Ryan podcast. To, so to give a bit of story as well for those who don't know, you're working um, with a Jason PJ show mm-hmm. at Nova? At Kiss. Kiss. Yeah. Apologies to Kiss. Uh, <laughs> it was a really big show, obviously love, did well. Love radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, um, you're working there as sound engineer doing some stunts. Yeah. But then on your, in your part time, you're teaming up with Ryan to create your own show. Yeah. So when was a point where you go, I'm not going to get handed this? Yep. let's do our own thing on the side or something like that. So I was still working in radio and I was like, oh, you know, I'm like really want to be on air but like, oh, I don't really know what to do. And um, I was creating demos with people in the building that I was friends with to try and, you know, get some practice. I'd say that that's one another thing that people think that you just get behind a microphone and you're awesome. It's, you're practising all the time and you're always like finessing your craft because it is a craft. Even though, you know, before how you said this is actually – yeah, it's easy, but it's it's difficult. Okay. It's something you have to Any, be good it, at being able to do it. Well, it's like this. Anyone can do it, but you've got to like do it. Yeah, so exactly. Any, anyone can do this, mm-hmm. but you've got to repetitively do it and get – and. It's flying hours. It's, yeah. It is, yeah. And so I just kind of needed heaps of practice. And Ryan said, oh, you're the funniest person in this building. Of course, like let's do it. And um, we went in on a Saturday morning and uh, we recorded all this stuff. We prepped all this stuff that we were going to do and, you know, found all these TikToks that we were going to get the other person to, you know, react to and stuff like that. And Ryan goes, well, if we're, if we're recording the audio, let's just record the video as well. And then at the end of the day on this Saturday, we went, that's pretty good. Like, that <laughs> felt pretty good. And, you know, when you, like, look back on something, you go, that wasn't great. I don't. I look back and I'm like, that was really good. How did we... How did we do that? Yeah. And Ryan goes, well, if we've got the audio, we've got the vision, 
let's post it on TikTok. So this wasn't even, you weren't even planning no. on posting anything. No, yeah. nothing was going to go anywhere. It was more like a thing to go, hey, producers, maybe on summer break, put me and yes. Ryan on. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was kind of, yeah, for the radio bosses to hope that they wanted to give me a show. Yeah. And um, so we were like, we might as well post it on TikTok. And what everybody hopes will happen to them when they post something on TikTok happened. And I woke up the next morning and thousands of people had watched it, thousands of followers on Instagram, thousands of followers on TikTok, and it just came what, what, out of nowhere. Talk to me about the numbers because you're you're obviously both got incredible followings now and we'll talk about your demographics and where the listeners are and because it still blows my mind how mm. crazy this show is. Yeah. What um where were you at? And so, what did you get to, do you reckon, in the first sort of like week? So I think that from my time in Jason PJ, so I had a bit of a leg up. I didn't start from zero. I was yep. probably on maybe 4,000 followers on Instagram. Yep. Um, and I'd say that by the end of that first week, I was on about 15. Wow. Yeah. Off TikTok videos Off and t- Instagram. So that was on Instagram and we on TikTok it probably hit 200K in the first six months. Crazy. It was. Wild, and because you, it's you know that saying like it takes years to become an overnight success. Well, it did that's kind of what it, it was did. like. It was all these years of working towards this thing and learning stuff and figuring out what kind of person I wanted to be, figure out what kind of talent I wanted to be, and all of a sudden it just started popping off. And yeah. we went, all right, same time next week. So like, many questions here, but how grateful are you now, looking back, that you didn't get the opportunity straight away? Yeah, because the runs on the board. Uh, Mark Howard, who obviously the Howie Games, mm-hmm. um, who's a, a you know a, one of the first people to sort of get into podcasting yeah. in Australia. We spoke to him like ages ago, and he made this like incredible point. It makes me blessed for like not getting opportunity straight away as well, because mm-hmm. you have to. If you do get an opportunity straight away, you're normally never ready for it. No, so you have to like toil away and be shit for ages. And you to also then don't appreciate it, it because is. you got it so easily. Yeah. You know, like easy come, easy go. You go, oh, okay, well, mm. like that just everyone gets that. Mm. Yeah. Talk me through the social um, plan on this because this fascinates me still. Just to harp down on people, I know that they've listened to this, but you were recording this show to not even be released as a podcast. No. All the video. No. You were putting the snippets out. So there was no show. It was just no. snippets. Yeah. So it was literally just us going. You were like um, pretending to do a podcast sort Kind of, of yeah. but it was like really short versions. So I'd go, oh, I've got a story from yesterday at the shops and I'd tell the story in 30 seconds and that would be the, the clip. Yeah. Um, and people would go, oh, this must be a podcast. Well, so we started getting all these comments of people saying, um, oh, where's the, how can I listen to the podcast? Where's the full show? And we were replying to comments being like, there isn't a podcast, like it's just the videos. Mm. Um, and then all these people kept, 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 kept commenting that. And we were like, oh, should we start a podcast? (laughs) And we both went, no. It's so much work. It's zero payoff. Like there's a bajillion podcasts out there. Like ours isn't going to be the one that, you know, is shameless or whatever. Um, And so we were like, no, not going to do it. But these videos are great and we're, you know, we're getting a big following on Instagram and I thought that it was going to lead me to be able to make like skits on TikTok and stuff like that. Um, and then the following kept growing, people kept watching, people kept commenting, where's this podcast? And I was like, I sat Ryan down one day, this one Saturday, we'd been in there for six Saturdays in a row or whatever, and I was like, I'm actually all in if you are. And he was like, oh, what, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm actually, let's do it. And he went, okay. <laughs> and I actually have um, in my purse a napkin that says, um, I promise to rock up every Saturday 
and do this podcast mm. and both of us have signed it and it's got the date on it. That's awesome. It was like our first contract. Yeah. And we were like, yep, I promise I'll commit to you. I'm not going to fuck you over. I'm not going to leave you out on the lurch. Like I'm going to come in every Saturday and we're going to do this. And we did for a year, every single weekend. Whilst working full time. Yep. So Ryan and I were both working like nine to five. So I ended up leaving radio and started working um, just for an app. Uh, I was like cutting audio for an app. And I was like, I just need an easy nine to five that I can, you know, keep paying the bills, but isn't going to take up too much, you know, bandwidth. Mm. Um, and I loved it and it was really great and I'm friends with lots of the people I worked with but I was doing this on the weekend um, and Ryan was still working in radio and he would be there Monday to Friday and then on a Saturday we'd record all day um, and then on a Sunday I'd edit every episode. Ryan would edit all the videos and then through the week we'd be on the phone like prepping the shows for the weekend. It was like a real... Covert mission. It was, yeah, because we were like, oh, well, you know, we don't want our jobs to think that we're, um, you know, not concentrating on our jobs because we need the money, but also we're doing this thing. We were putting everything into it and we were exhausted. It was so hard. And we started with two episodes a week, which very quickly became three episodes, then four episodes, and then just before we ended up being um, exclusive with Spotify, so our podcast is only available on Spotify, um, we are now five episodes a week. Massive. Yeah. When did it start getting to that stage when you were like, all right, let's do this full time? Was it when Spotify – so if you're happy to talk about the Spotify deal, like how did that even come about? Um they, uh, some of the people that work in their like podcast partnerships team mm. were fans of the pod. Yeah, wow. Um, and they sent an email, I think, and said like, oh, this is a great podcast and we really love it. And I almost died. I actually, I was like, Spotify know who I am. Yeah. Like, as if I'm getting an email from someone whose address is like at spotify.com.au. Yeah. Like I... I was so giddy and that's something I'm a very enthusiastic person. I love feeling excited. I love like I love being a pain in the ass when most <laughs> people are like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Like be cool. I ca I'm never cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't act cool. It's not It's not part of my DNA. And um, so I'm getting this email and I'm freaking out and then from there it just kind of we just started chatting and we built a really great relationship with them, not with the idea ever in mind that we would actually work with them. It was just kind of like, oh, what a great relationship to have and, um, and yeah, so we ended up kind of communicating with them and we were like, oh, well, actually we'd love to work with you and I'm a big fan of Spotify as a brand already um, and then the fact that then they wanted to work with us was just massive. I mean, imagine going from not having a podcast to seven months later, someone being someone from Spotify being like, "Cool, so you keen?" Mm -hmm. Like, um, yeah, I'll pay you to do it. Like, you know, it was never about. I think that's something as well. Lots of people say, "Oh, how do you start a podcast? How do you do a thing?" Like, we didn't ever do it for money. We didn't ever do it for fame. Like, I and I've written in my book like that. I wanted to be famous. Yeah. I always wanted to be, but. Um, that wasn't why we started doing it. So it's almost as though the underdog that we were discussing before, it's like when you least, it like happens when you least expect mm. it. Well, it's also the fact as well, like people will say, um, you know, people, the community say now oh, podcasting so flooded, like there's no way you can make a successful show. Mm. Which is what we thought too. It's what everyone thinks. But you look at people like yourself in seven months, obviously it's a, you know, 10 year overnight success, mm. came and have licensed with Spotify. You look at even guys like the Alpha Blokes and yeah. of late and um, there's so many other shows that have just like overpassed 
a million other shows. And it's not true. Like you can still make a seriously successful podcast. At this, if now it's like more possible yeah. to do it. So if anyone's out there thinking about it, like you mm. just got to write your fucking blog. Yeah. As you said. Um, incredible. Before we wrap up on the podcast, I want to, because I want to go back to your book, talk us through quickly just like your numbers and your reach because the the show is bigger in the States than it is in Australia, which is obviously mm. because of the TikTok, Instagram influence early days. Yeah. Is that yeah. yeah. Um. So really, yeah, really early in the piece when we were only posting on TikTok. Like you're and, doing and like Instagram. US shows next year, aren't this year or next year? Um, doing- at the end of this year, we're going to go to the US and do some meet and greets because we've just got so many people That's all over crazy. the place. Yeah. Um. Which is wild, and I definitely never thought that we would. It's honest, like such a pinch it's so me thing. Weird. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so we'll be in the US later this year for yeah meet and greets, and we'll also film heaps of videos and make heaps of content while we're there. And um, but so yeah, when we first started, it was just people from all over the world, and I think it was probably piqued people's interest because we were very lucky that Ryan was still working in radio, so we would like sneak into the studio on the weekend. So it looked like an, a radio. It show. It looked like a radio show, and so people kind of went, oh, "Are you allowed to say that on the radio yeah, in Australia?" Right. You know, and I think that that really piqued people's interest, which thinking back on it, I'm like, oh, that was probably a huge advantage. But at the time we were like, oh, this is, all we have. This is work. Mm. Like we're at our workplace. So it didn't feel, it wasn't as if we were paying $1,000 to use a studio or anything. It was just what we had access to. Um, and, yeah, so um, our numbers grew really, really quickly. Um, we have a really large following in Australia now. Yeah. Um, it like changes a lot, but yeah, we've got a lot of people in Australia, a lot of people in the US, a lot of people in Canada. Wow. And then, um, because I used to work on Jason PJ, they were from New, New Zealand. Zealand. Um, so we have quite a big Kiwi Crazy. audience as well. Um, so it's just kind of, like you said before, right place, right time. Fantastic. You've done a great job. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um. It gives me hope too because I know my show so much better that like if you guys can get <laughs> if you guys yeah, can keep make it, a kid. Like, <laughs> super condescending. <laughs> it's incredible. Hey, um, with a book, I don't need therapy. Obviously, I'm assuming you did need therapy. We spoke about it earlier. Mm-hmm. What's your what's the number one thing you learned in therapy? Good Ooh, question. Hey, um, it is a good question. Look at you writing your own gear. Yeah. Um, I'd say that like. I probably learned that I gas my gaslight myself a lot, like that Give I was. Give me an example. I was telling myself all the time that I was making it up, like that I felt emotional about stuff, and I was like, "Well, I just need to get over it." Yeah. Um. When I don't, I think I learned to trust myself a lot more. So when yeah, when I felt upset, I was like, "Okay." Why am I upset? Why do I feel anxious about this thing? Why does this thing give me a make me feel sick in the tummy when I have to think about it? And why do I, you know, why do I feel like I'm always in fight or flight? You know, the like the um, oh, I really wish that I could sound a bit smarter right now. You know, the levels of um, like your your resting state and uh, how it's like if you're in fight or flight, you're like um, oh, it's like rising heart rate, sore tummy, all those things. And it's like if you're in a relaxed state, there's like proper names for it. I know what they are too. But I realised that I was always in this fight or flight yeah, right. state and that's why I was exhausted because I was burning through all this energy, feeling anxious all the time. And I feel like my whole life is so different now because I'm able to identify that before it happens. So I'm not just burning myself out because my brain's so busy. You know? Mm. No, I, no I, I couldn't agree more. I think that the title of this book, and we speak about it on the show, but talk therapy, uh, reflection, as hard as it can be, is just mm. one of the most rewarding, not at the start actually. I think 
It's, it's really hard. It's really fucking hard. I think that people expect that when you go to therapy, it's going to be like, and how does that make you feel? And, you know, easy and chill and that you're just going to have this breakthrough straight away. It's really, it's really hard work. And for most people, I would assume the same way that it was for me, was working through all of these things that I'd forgotten about and working through all of these things that I didn't want to think about, um, wasn't ready to talk about. I felt really vulnerable sharing. Mm. Um, and obviously your therapist shouldn't make you feel judged. Um, but I got really lucky and I found someone straight away that I really clicked with and I really liked. And I think if you don't think you get along with your therapist that well, it's worth shopping around. It's like going you to a gym to, or a cafe. It's yeah. like you might not like that coffee, you might like not that equipment. Like yeah. you just find one that you suit you. Yeah, and I think that's probably something that most people go, oh, I didn't really like it because I wasn't, you know. Mm. But I think the person you go to is really important. And sometimes like there's so many, this is such a broad comment because mm. you don't know what someone's going at the time. Yeah. Sometimes they don't really like it. But sometimes you shouldn't like it either. You're probably yeah. hearing something that is like that's yeah. You're not going to like everything you hear. Because mm. sometimes when I go to these things, and if you do get the right person, I've got a great um, lady and a, and a guy I've, I've seen, you know, I swap and go to both mm. uh, whenever I need. Uh, not whenever I need, but, you know, whenever I'm feeling yeah. like I need to check in with someone. Yep. And a lot of the time you don't really want to hear what, like you don't really agree with what they say. That's why you're there. Yeah. You know, like it's not going to be like you it's not – it's not fun listening to And you to kind it. of want someone that's going to challenge you. Like, yeah, I challenge think, you. That's what I'm trying I to I think say. if you go to therapy and you walk out going, well, I feel awesome, yeah. you probably don't have someone that yeah. is actually like actively and scrutinising what you're saying mm. and, you know, listening carefully. Well, it's like it's, again, we'll talk about like going to the gym, doing bench press. It's like the first few weeks that's going to be really hard to lift. Yeah. But after that it gets better and better and better. Yeah. Um, I heard something really cool the other day. Because I wanted to give um, – actually, I'll ask you first. What's like your number one self-care tip for you personally? What do you Ooh. think is is relevant for yourself? And it could be ever-changing, you know, like things adapt, things change. Yeah. Um, what- At the moment, it's um, immersing myself in water. Or in the water. Yep. Yeah, because you're paddleboarding. Well, so – Was that a part of it? Well, kind of, but I realise that I'm always happiest when I've been wet. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, you like, never you never regret getting in the water. No. Nah. And whether it's going and swimming laps at like the leisure center around the corner or um having a really long bath or doing like a float tank mm-hmm. or going surfing. I love surfing. My boyfriend and I go surfing a lot. Um yeah, going to the beach, whatever it is, whenever I've I feel like I can tackle anything after I've like been under the water. Um, that's a really big one for me. And um, I've also just started seeing like a personal trainer who I love who's really helping. Mm. Um, just getting out of my brain and feeling like I, – because I, I think like most people I fall victim to being busy and having a full schedule. I hate that. And I'm I, the biggest victim of saying I'm too oh, busy. Oh, and I do it all the time and I think for probably the last like six years I've been too busy to exercise, too busy to put, you know, my health first and I feel like I'm at a point in my life where everything feels really great except for like moving my body every yeah. day. And, yeah, so I've just started going to this trainer. Um, Matty Bollins his name. He's a great guy. and um, Sounds like it. He is. Yeah. Just from his name. From his name, you <laughs> yeah. can tell. And um, and he honestly, like, it's it's the challenge because yeah. I like I'm there, 
it's also just not being able to think about work. Yeah. It's not being able to think. It's very hard when you're absolutely gassed to be worrying about other things. Right. Mm. And so I've that's probably my two self-care things that I'm really concentrating on the moment is, um yeah, when I feel like I'm just like getting a bit overwhelmed, I either like have even a long shower, yeah you know, and you just feel like, okay, I'm relaxed now. Um, but, yeah, going for a swim, jumping in the pool, going to the gym or something, it sounds very cliche, but it works. Well, yes, Darcy will, will you know, shake his head here, but what we talk a lot about, um, I love that's why I love Sydney so much. Was just getting in the ocean every day, yeah. which was which was hectic for me. But one thing, um, I funnily enough got this is the one thing we spoke about the other day, which prompted the question we spoke about at my session was about a pyramid. And this mm-hmm. might be very hard to explain on an audio uh, podcast, but we spoke. I'm about with a, you so far. You're with pyramid. me so far because yeah. I made the gesture as yeah. well oh, of fingers okay. when I was doing the triangle. Okay, so like a triangle. It's like a triangle for everyone at home. Everyone at home. It's like the three. You know, things. It's like the pyramid from um, Egypt. Anyway. Oh, Egypt. Yeah, Egypt. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Triangle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's four points of a and triangle. And then the mummy's there. Thanks yeah, for bringing the mu- that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how Obviously, they made Obviously, my mummy's not there. Darcy, don't laugh. She does that. It's awkward. The four points of the um, triangle. Three. No, no, sorry. This is a pyramid, so there's four because it's a 3D. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> No, I'm actually no, 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 no. So the three, so you know, like a pyramid. There's at the bottom. Yep. There's base, the base. So like the really strong foundation. Of a pyramid. Yeah. Is the bottom. So that's the heavy part that can't be tipped over. Yeah. So if you think about that as your mental health or Mm -hmm. or your health in your life. Yep. Yep. The four points at the bottom. There's your anchor points. Anchor points. Yes. General health. Yep. Fitness, sleep, and diet. Yep. So I've found that I often ignore that level completely Mm -hmm. and jump straight to like finances, work, friendships, relationships, but then the top one, like whatever that is, da-da-da-da. But those two next levels will absolutely fucking crumble if those four down the bottom aren't Mm -hmm. in the right way. And for me at the moment, the things that I really neglect is fitness and sleep. So sleep, it's actually scary talking about sleep and I don't even know the science around how I can communicate this, but the guy I was speaking to yesterday was saying that more – diseases come from lack of sleep than fitness, diet, general health, everything. It's yeah. all to do with sleep. So yeah. sleep priority has to be number one. And for me, yeah. it's never – I haven't been sleeping that well at the moment just because of, like, you know, baby, you yeah. know, those sorts of things. Are but you I, normally a good sleeper? I'm always a very light sleeper. Okay. But I need to prioritise it and get better mm-hmm. at, like, the routine. Yeah. The other one is – Sorry, just on sleep, can yeah. I say this great quote that yeah. I read the other week that I – the other week, probably six months ago, and I think about it every night now – don't stay up late for something you wouldn't wake up early for. I love that. Because I am the biggest sucker for, oh, just one more episode. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, like let, we'll go out for dinner or whatever when I know that I need rest. Yeah. And I go, oh, would I wake up early for this episode of whatever shit TV show we're watching? Nah, I'm going to bed. It's a great little it's, one. It's just a really good thing to run through the noggin when well, you go. It's also good for relationships. Have you ever seen uh, No Strings Attached or the one with Justin Timberlake mm-hmm. and Mila Kunis? Friends with Benefits. Friends with Benefits. Yeah, both great movies. Great movies. So Woody Harrelson yep. says one of my all-time favourite quotes yep. to He's Justin really Timberlake. He's really rich in that movie, eh? He's, He's great. Like, yeah. And he says, it's not who you want to spend Saturday night with, it's who you want to spend all day Sunday. Which is a great quote. That is great When you think about a partner, you know, you don't want to party with the person you want to spend all day Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's actually giving me goosebumps. Yeah, Yeah, I I love that. I have that that effect on you. Um, (laughs) So there was sleep, which is A1. Yep. Food, what you're putting in your body. Is this serving me? Is this what I need? Water is a massive one for me. And I'm sorry that I'm boring with this. I do. Yeah, I do. 
exercise. I used to be full-time athlete and I do Is that is that really I'm actually no. not being a dick. Is it crazy thinking about how because like, that was a part of my life so much. But because that was your second tier, that was your job, your finances, yeah. right? Yeah. So you went, oh, well, I need to prioritise that rather than actually being like, I want to be healthy. Yeah, well, it wasn't when you, you when I did it, it, I wasn't even that. thinking that no. this is my health. No, you didn't no, even no. Know. You were doing no. it because it was making you money and it was yeah. your job yeah. and that was your like, yeah, so commitment still to doing been, that. It hasn't still been a, and that's why it hasn't lasted through the whole yeah. you know time. Because that wasn't why you were choosing well, to do it. Doing yeah. It. And the last one is general health. So that's just, you know, like skin checks, uh, yeah. hygiene. Have you done the mole map? I have. I want to go and do it. I, I found it. it I had a little tiny um, thing on my heel. It's fine. I just need to go back next year and do it. Yeah. Can I tell you a little fun fact? Getting Please. super distracted here. But you know when you do a, um, have a mole on your skin? Yeah. And I've you got think, a few. No, but you think, say, for example, there's one on your arm. You think, oh, my arm was in the sun. Yeah. Not true. So your whole skin is one organ. an organ. Yeah. So even if you're getting a shit ton of skin, a uh, shit ton of sun on your arm, that can pop up between your toes, nutsack, wow. ass crack. Would you reckon it's on my nutsack? It could be. I'd Do you think to, so? I'd have to examine. Oh, okay. <laughs> have a look after this. No. See, people, it's not as funny when like there's thousand people listening to um you're saying I'm not funny. No, I'm saying it's like it doesn't sound as funny when we make our weird jokes because oh, it sort of yeah, sounds because, like a little bit yeah, like. A bit too much. A bit too much okay. from, from me. So back to the ass crack. Back to the ass crack. That was basically my self-care kit at the moment yeah. was get your pyramid right. Yeah. I think it's I think it's interesting though and really important when you do have those things where you run that through and it's I think just being mindful mm. of going like, I think people misinterpret, oh, um, I've got to get my diet right so I won't eat any junk food. Yes. It's, it's a lifestyle, man. Yeah, but it's also just about being like, I'm going to order dinner tonight or we're going to go out and I'm going to have a few wines or whatever it's because I want to, Ooh. not because it's the I've never been a default. I've never been a big adder of the calorie count. Like I, I don't like I think that ruins – Unless you really like doing it, it's not. A I think thing. it can really lead to like um, eat like disordered oh, eating and sure. things like that, which is a like hard habit to break once you kind of get into it. Yeah. But I think yeah, the diet thing is a big one where you go, oh no, I'm not just by default going to eat junk food. It's like I'm choosing to do it because oh tonight's like a fun night or I really feel like it. Whereas I think for lots of people, myself included, it's like you eat junk food because it's just the default, yeah. or you go, oh I'm a bit sad today. Well, let's order pizza. Yeah. That's like such a big one for my boyfriend and I that yeah. we've like only recently broken and gone like, nope, well, like if we want pizza on the weekend, we'll get it. Or if we really want it, let's just do it because like just do it. YOLO. It's Mine's actually the opposite. When I'm in a good routine, I actually end up eating worse because I'm like, oh, I'm doing everything else well. Oh, I'll eat yeah. Now, I can eat is, whatever I yeah. want. Yeah. Anyway, favourite chapter in the book? Um, there's a chapter, our favourite is probably not really the right 200, word. But page 230 is one of my favourites. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't even think there's that many pages in the book. Um, the chapter that I love the most is um, the morning that my mum died. Okay. So it's like, it sounds really grim, but um, I just, I'm really. 230 is a book, by the way. It's, oh. I've never shat myself in the street. That was the chapter that I enjoyed. You're welcome. Yeah. Sorry, back to your mum that died. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Give her the floor. Um, there there was just something about the way that like getting to share that felt and feeling that from my own perspective and actually it's like of the whole book, I cannot read. I've probably read you the whole read book. You can't read it? 
many times, mm. probably up to 10, 12 times, have read through everything just to, you know, while we were editing it and everything, I cannot read it. Really? But I'm really proud of it. Um, yeah, that's probably my favourite chapter. Have you had, uh, like, what's your been feedback been from the book? People have really loved it. Yeah. Um, and I've had people really... Have, other people that have lost parents? Yeah, so lots of people that related to it because they've been through something similar. I've also had really close friends, their parents have read it oh, yeah. because like, oh, Tony wrote a book, of course I'll read it, who, you know, are a little bit older and a bit, you know, set in their ways, who said, I need to go to therapy. Yeah. And that was the that's been the highest compliment, that's I think. That's super cool. Because... I think my journey to therapy isn't very common. Mm. It wasn't as if I was like, oh, I'm stressed at work. I might go and talk to someone. It was like a really different, really complicated way that I found myself there. And I think that that probably shows that like the journey doesn't have to look the same for everybody. It doesn't at all. Um, it's a good point. Thank you. It is a good point. I should write a book. You should. Yeah, you did. <laughs> the um, Just on that about parents reading uh, your book. Yeah. Was and I know this is a smaller factor, but um, when my old man went through the stuff with his alcohol and whatnot, yeah. there's a part of me that was like, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth at all and I'm, that wasn't even the right thing to say, but there's a part of it where you're a little bit embarrassed. And were you embarrassed, not embarrassed to be that, you know, people were thinking of you in a certain way? Does that make sense about your mum passing? I, d- I got really self-conscious. Self-conscious is probably the right about, word. About... Um, being the girl whose mum was dead. Exactly. So that, I, yeah. Yeah. So I'm meaning more. Yeah. Exactly that. Like I was self-conscious. People going like, that guy's dad is yeah. now public. I I think mine was probably more um, like an identity crisis of is that all I've got? Yeah. So when I started writing the book, I had to write sixty-five thousand words or something, and I got to about seventeen thousand words, and I'd written about my mum and stuff, and I went, "There's nothing else." Mm. And I kind of had a bit of like an identity crisis because I thought, is that all I've got to say? Yeah, is that all? Am I nothing beyond having a dead mum? Am I just the girl with the dead mum who fucking rabbits on about that all the time? That's it. Um, And then, you know, I worked through it and I, you know, made it, had a massive, I'm a big fan of a brainstorm. Like I'm a big fan of like butcher's paper on the ground, writing out what I want. And that's like a, a thing I do probably once a year. Um, I I just, I love it. I think about what I want to achieve, what I can achieve, what's likely, what's possible, what's crazy and out there. And I don't judge myself for what kind of comes out. I'm a really big fan of that. And I've just got rolls and rolls and rolls of butcher's paper of like every year that I've done one or every time I felt really lost. I think so because I'm, I really like getting things out. So my, sorry, I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but Mm. like my partner and I, every day when I get home from work, I will tell him about everything that happened in my day. Oh, wow. And most people go, yeah, of course, your bloody missile is fucking chatting about her day. (laughs) Like who cares? Literally my whole day, because if I don't get it out, I will think about it all night. I'll sit on the couch and I won't relax because I'll be like ruminating on my day. And similar to the butcher's paper thing, I just love like, just getting out of my body, getting out of my brain and just kind of writing everything down and not judging myself and just going, yep, that's what I want. I want to get to here. Mm. Um, And, yeah, so I'm a really, really big fan of that. So thinking then back to your original question, which was um, feeling self-conscious about um, like my being – that being my identity, yeah. it was that was really hard because I was like, oh, is that is that all I am? Then I realised that it's no, it's I've not all I am. Yeah. Um. But 
You should do the mind map, like brainstorming. No, I couldn't do that. I'm the sort of guy that likes to just bottle it all in. And not in an unhealthy way, but I just like to go home and not talk about anything for a while. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I don't think that's unhealthy, though. I no, think, like, I, I'm I just, think that whatever works for you works I, for you. I, I, just, I love talking I personally throughout can't, the day. Yeah, yeah, I just can't do it. I, I think that the more I... I could only ever do sort of one podcast in a day because after that I'm so, I'm fucking exhausted. That's all. It I've is got. exhausting, yeah. but it's not. So I was it's being, not talking. It's it's more personal. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Because so I was telling my co-host Ryan about this, and I explained it, and he goes, "I can't think of anything worse. If mm. if I got home and had to do a performance about my day, I'd hate it. But it's not a performance. It's actually just like a. It's just getting the day off my chest, yeah. getting it out of my brain and being able to relax after that because I go, oh, great, all that stuff's happened and it's done. Whereas otherwise if it's still in my brain and I haven't really talked through it, I'm a big talker. Yeah. I like talking things through. I like knowing a plan. I like being across stuff. I like that. But, and you've worked out that that works for you. Yeah, and I'm, I think that's the thing is that that just works for me and it works for our relationship and we'll both share our day. And why are you giving me that look? Oh, I was just thinking, is Torb's a big okay, share so of his day? Because I've met Torb's before and he's- and he's a, quite quiet. He's a very quiet But guy. no, he does. Yeah. And he'll, he'll share his whole day. And it will be like literally even like, what did you have for lunch? What did you- oh, like, like that. everything. Yeah, that's cute. No. So he, I, no, that is very cute. Juz, you know what my fiance Juz is like? She yeah. doesn't really like fiance. speak. Fiance? Oh, sorry, my wife, actually. <laughs> sorry. Is there another one? <laughs> no, no, there's not. She doesn't like talking too much to me, unfortunately. <laughs> um, she calls me every day. She's yeah. like, guess what I had for lunch? Yeah, no, <laughs> that's not her. Hey, what's next for you? You've just written a book. You've got the um, biggest podcast in Australia nearly. That's not true. Well, I don't know. You won't tell us the stats on it, so I'm not sure whether or not if that's true or not. But um, everything seems to be going really well. Is there anything else in the pipeline for yourself? Um, at the moment, I just really want to enjoy some – downtime. No, you won't though, man. But you I, won't do that. I really want to, I think that there's- You're a doer. I am a doer, but I think that it's like the podcast is going really well, but it could be better. And I like to always be f- tweaking and finessing. Mm. And, and Ryan probably said something similar to you. Like it's never like set and forget. It's all, We're always tweaking things and doing things. And I'm really excited to concentrate on that for a while and really grow the momentum there. Mm. Um, but I think that I'm- really enjoying having written a book and I'm really enjoying my personal journey through like looking after myself and I've concentrated on work now for let's get that pyramid right yeah I think I've I've concentrated on work now for probably six seven years yeah and I think it's time to make sure that yeah my 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 anchors are right I'm actually not being a dick that is your pyramid yeah my my pyramid but my four my four pillars of health you know, that that's I think that needs to be my next thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Thank you. What about you? What's some No, that's thing? genuinely me as well. Like I'm not even I'm not even taking the piss completely. I think yeah. to be to get to where you have, you need to actually sort of lose your mind a little bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. You can't you can't sort of get there being comfortable. Mm-mm. So I think it's it makes sense that you gotta go back now and do a bit of work. Yeah. And to get to where you are. Yeah. And I think that's a really good message in a way that um success isn't isn't uh, linear and you're going to probably fucking break down a few times before you get to where you want to be. Yeah. And I, you know that um, that thing online and it's like um, sleep, relationships, work, pick two? Yeah. Like you can only have yeah. two of those at a, at a time. It's yeah. not strictly true but I think that, yeah, through the last few years I've just concentrated on work so much that I'm like, all right, now I need to 
think about how I'm going to keep doing that and what I need to do to make sure that I can maintain what I'm doing. Um, but, yeah. Love that. Thank you. Love you. Love you. I, I do love you. I love you too. I know. Um, lastly, though, can you sign this book? Yeah. Oh, I've had to buy this one. <laughs> You think that being yeah, a friend of yours that. is, yeah, like it's already oh, signed. It's already I, no, signed. I bought a signed copy. Oh. But I'll, maybe after you can just write a little message in there. Maybe like to Daniel, is that your name? Dylan. D- Daniel. D- no, Daniel's so, my friend. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah could guy. you sign this for a friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Tony Lodge. Get this what? book. Uh, where is it? Just Google it. Yeah, just Google it. It's one of the bestsellers and stuff. So, yeah, um, you can find it. We appreciate it. Great read. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your vulnerability. Oh. And. Love you. Love you. Love Torbs. Love Darcy. Love, love you, Darcy. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producey.com. Thanks for tuning in. IllyXX. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free drink play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide live with no ad break string play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play. Exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble.